Howdy, howdy. Welcome to another episode of the I Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Woodward. I'm a health coach in the Atlanta area, and this is my podcast. At I Thrive, uh, we are totally dedicated to providing you with a total health experience. It's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, wrapped up all into one package. This podcast is an expression of that, and my hope is that you'll find that this content is relevant and practical in your everyday pursuit. Well, in my last episode, I took some time to introduce myself and to share some parts of my story with you, Um, mainly so that you understand where I'm coming from and to give you hope that if you found yourself in any similar situation, that there is, in fact, a way out and that you can transform to have the best life possible. We covered a lot of ground. We talked about uh, an eating disorder. We talked about depression. We talked about stress, anxiety, what it was like to deal with some of that stuff. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that, I highly, highly, highly encourage you, go check it out. It's worth uh, the listen. It's only about 25 minutes, and um, I think it's going to give you a lot of good context about who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. But um, after I published it, I was hanging out with some friends um, that weekend and just asking for some feedback. I had, I had originally sent it to them to, to get their thoughts. And as far as feedback goes, not much of what was said was all that revelatory, except for one comment. And I really, really appreciate uh, what this person says because um, she was just she was brutally honest. She was really encouraging. Very encouraging, but um, she did notice that one of my big takeaways for all you listeners out there uh, was to go love yourself more. And she says, um, she said, Trevor, I I don't know that many people are gonna know what to do with that. Like, how do you love yourself more? What what is love? Is it an action? Is it a verb? How, how do I? If I don't love myself now, how do I start to love myself? And I, I thought about that. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> what a question. What a cliffhanger. Like, I just leave you guys with this big takeaway, and then all my listeners were like, what do we do with that? <laughs> and she was right. So in this episode, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about love. Uh, what is it? How do we define it? Is it an action? Is it an emotion? Is it something else entirely? How do we get more of it uh, or do more of it? And these are all things I'm going to give my perspective on today. And notice I said give my perspective. Okay, there may be points I make that you disagree with. Um, I may make some points that you agree with, but you may think that there's a little bit more that I'm not touching on. That's okay. That's totally okay. I'm sharing my thoughts on love. This is not uh, an exhaustive, full picture of... of uh, all that love might be for you. I just want to share my perspective, what's worked for me in my journey to loving myself more and to loving other people more. And I think it's a good perspective. So with that, let's get to it. So let's just start by defining what love is. And uh, like every good speaker, I did the classic thing of looking up the definition in uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And... um, you might already know this, but love is both a noun and a verb, meaning it's a thing or a person 
uh, and an action all at once. And uh, what, actually what I found more interesting is that there are 13 different definitions, uh, some with multiple sub-definitions, creating about 27 different lenses for defining love. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about what uh, some of these definitions are because I found some of them pretty funny. Uh, but there's no wonder we're confused about love. Right? I mean, with close to 30 different definitions all in one, de uh, one dictionary. This isn't even taking into account, um, uh, you know, if, if you're a Christian like I am or some other religion or if you have, uh, if you were taught some other belief, this is not even taking into account a lot of what those different nuances are about love, right? 30 different definitions. It's crazy. Um, so some of these definitions, let's just talk about them. Um, some define love as uh, it's simply a strong affection for someone, okay? Or an attraction based on sexual desire. Ooh, that's saying I love you because I want to. That doesn't sound um, completely right to me, but uh, let's keep going. Um, some define it as an affection based on admiration, benevolence, or common interest. Oh, okay, so if I agree with you, then I must love you. Okay, that's a thought. Um, one definition is warm attachment or devotion. So now we're bringing commitment into the picture. Uh, another one expounds on that. It says love is unselfish loyalty. Another one simply says love is God. Some define it simply as God. This is big in the Christian church. And um, you know, growing up, I, I was told to hold this belief um, and, I, and I believe this today, that all love has originated with God. Um, you might hear some paper in the background. I'm, I've got some notes that I'm reviewing. But, um, you know, uh, the definitions continue, and now they go into love as the verb, as the action. Um, it says, uh, love is to hold dear. Uh, another one, I think this one's funny, is uh, to fondle uh, amorously. That one sounds a little bit weird. Or this last one, and, and I'll be done in a second, is to like or desire or to thrive in. Um, it, the example is saying, like, I love to play the piano. Or I love to CrossFit. I thrive in that environment when I'm playing piano. Or I thrive when I'm, when I'm doing CrossFit, right? The point is, there's a lot of different ways that we talk about love. There's a lot of different uh, language that we use to relate to love. And this can all get really, really confusing. And so I want to clear some of the clutter and give you what I believe is an appropriate image of what love is and how it manifests in your life. I believe that love is a seed. Really simple. And that you're born with that seed already in you. And with any seed, the potential for it to be a tree and eventually an orchard is about the same. That in that seed contains just about all that it needs to actually grow into something big. And in order to grow, as with any seed, it takes the right conditions, the right nourishment, and time. Practically speaking, a seed needs sunlight, good and deep nutrient soil, water, and time. If you turn your attention towards that seed and make sure it's taken care of, it will grow. Eventually that tree will bear fruit and other people will get to enjoy the fruit as well. Think about um, like if you can just picture a park with a giant tree. Um, I'm, I'm from Georgia 
and uh, my family grew up going to uh, Hilton Head, and uh, we'd always go to Harbor Town. If if you've seen Hilton Head or, or been there, it's you probably know of Harbor Town, but it's this. Um, it's, it's on the island and it's just this beach with the shopping district and it's got this really old lighthouse that's kind of, um, like one of the poster images for Hilton Head. And there's this giant tree that's been there for, uh, I don't know how long, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was centuries. I mean, it's, it's a magnificent tree and, um, people just go there to take pictures of the tree. They balk at how big it is or they go sit in the shade, um, and unfortunately, this tree doesn't have any fruit, but if you picture like an apple orchard, people will go just to walk in between the trees and, and pick an apple off the branches and enjoy it. And this is true for, for, um, for love, that, that when love grows deep inside someone and grows into a tree, people talk about that person. They say, man, he or she, they do such a good job of loving people well. People just want to go be around them much like going and sitting under the shade of a tree, you want to be around someone who loves really, really, really well. You admire it. Now, the opposite is also true. You neglect a seed, forget to care for it. If you don't treat the soil, the seed will eventually dry up and no tree will grow. There's no shade for people to sit in, no fruit for others to enjoy, no growth for people to gaze at. This is love. It's already in us. It's a seed. And it's up to us to do what we will with it. Now, this concept, I think, is foreign to us in our Americanized society. Because we're so focused on products, we're focused on quick fix, we're focused on, honestly, this this perspective, this lens of lack. Saying, oh, I don't, I don't have it, so I need to go get it. We tend to believe, and I'm, I'm totally guilty of this, that if we want something, we can just go buy it. Oh, I'm not happy? It's because I don't have these shoes that I really want. Oh, I don't like the way that I feel? It's probably the clothes that I'm wearing, so I'll just go buy more. This run rampant is an unhealthy cycle, and I want to challenge us to see love differently. You don't go buy it. You don't have to go steal it. It's already in you. It's a seed. And I would also submit that love starts with loving yourself. It starts with you. It starts with me. Um, one of my favorite uh, pastors and speakers is, uh, is Chris Vallotton. If you haven't heard of him, please go check him out. Um, it's Chris uh, with a K and then Vallotton is V-A-L-L-O-T-O-N. And uh, he's one of the pastors on staff at Bethel Church out in Reading. And he talks about the big as. Okay, what is that? No, not, not big ass, as. A-S, one S. Um, you know, the, the scripture talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. Or if you're not a person who um, holds much value in, in scripture, Think about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so there's this qualifier that's, that's saying, hey, if, if you're going to love someone else, you got to first love yourself. Or if you're going to do good or act in love towards other people, you should take loving yourself into consideration as well. 
that how well you love yourself is actually the limiter. It's that glass ceiling, or I should say literal ceiling, on how high and how far and how wide you're going to be able to love someone else. Both demand that prior to loving others well, you love yourself well. And um, I'm going to talk about the church for a second. We don't like to talk about this in the church. Traditionally speaking, we're so tightened up on serving others and pouring ourselves out. But the truth is, you can't give away what you don't have. And so again, this starts with you. It starts with me. So if love is a seed that's already in us, and it starts with us, let's talk about the environment that our seed, our love seed, is actually buried in. And generally, I think there are two types of environments. There's growth inhibiting, and there's growth promoting environments. Obviously, these are scalable and lie on uh, some sort of spectrum, but in general, these are the two categories. Like These are the two ditches on either side of the road. These are the two gutters that you can fall into. Um, if you think of like a bowling lane. And um, so let's start with uh, with a growth inhibiting environment. What are some, These not all, these are just some, these are the characteristics that came to mind um, that qualify this type of environment. Okay, the first one is shame. If you look this up in the dictionary, a couple words that pop out are embarrassment. Um, even more compelling than the word embarrassment was decomposure. Are you embarrassed by things? And then using those embarrassments, embarrassments to decompose yourself. Do you pick yourself apart? Do you put yourself on a stand and use accusation after accusation after accusation to tell yourself why you're not qualified or why you're not good enough or why you don't measure up or why you're this, why you're that? Do you decompose yourself? It's the essence of shame. Love can't grow where shame is present. Okay, another one that's a qualifier for a growth-inhibiting environment. Bitterness. The old grudges against yourself for something that you did or didn't do, or something that you did or didn't say. Is bitterness growing towards yourself, and are you holding on to self-hatred? Right. In a lot of ways, this is this is much the opposite of what it actually looks like um, to love yourself. Another one is comparison. This idea that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Or if I was or if I was tall or if I was this skinny or if I was as good looking as that person or if I had that certain skill set or if I grew up with that amount of money or if if you know fill in the blank, then I would be valued. Then I would be loved. I catch myself in this trap all the time. I'm looking at what everyone else has and wishing I was living their life. This has led me to, be, to the belief that I actually need to fix myself. And that's another qualifier of a growth-inhibiting uh, uh, environment for love. Is the belief that I need to fix myself. Do you believe that you're fundamentally broken? And that your best bet is to live the rest of your life playing damage control? just desperately holding your breakage all together so that you don't hurt anyone else too bad? What if you rested in the fact that at any given point in life, your body and your brain are just doing the best that they know how to do? 
you are doing the best you know how to do at any given point in time. What you did or what you said or what you thought at any given moment is probably the best solution you knew at the time. And of course we grow. Of course we learn over time that that's not, you know, things we did in the past may not be an appropriate solution for the problems that we're facing. Absolutely we say things that we shouldn't. Absolutely we do things that we shouldn't. But what if we decided to cut ourselves some slack and say, you know what? I didn't know any better. I think this is a pivotal sentence. I think this is a sentence that is uh, what it looks like to take steps towards a growth-promoting environment. So now we've talked about a growth-inhibiting environment as being on one side of the spectrum, that this is an environment that love has a hard time growing in, similar to the dry, shallow, cracked soil that doesn't get any sunlight, that barely rains, right? No one is, is coming and paying attention to the seed and tilling the ground and doing that work of breaking up the soil and making sure that the environment is actually a good environment for the seed. It's going to be tough for that seed to grow. Now let's talk about the opposite, a growth-promoting environment. There's a lot of sunlight. The soil is deep so that that seed can take root. Uh, it's good. There's nutrients. And um, again, these are some of the key descriptors that, that came to mind. Uh, the first one's forgiveness. What if we let ourselves off the hook and started to forgive ourselves? Listen, if you're holding on to something you did 10 years ago that the other person probably doesn't even remember, it is a likely time for you to move on. People can change. People can grow. You can change. You can grow. And it's time you let yourself free from that bondage. Um, let me give you an example of this because this is how uh, crazy our minds can be sometimes. Um, again, I'm, I'm 25 years old and um, let's see, when I was in fifth grade, um, I don't really know what age that is, but when I was in fifth grade, my family, um, my mom, dad, and I've got a sister four years younger than me, we moved into a neighborhood um, and right down the road, there um, was a cul-de-sac that all of my friends lived in. There was probably, you know, 10 to 12 kids, um, all within a year or two of my age. And so every day after school, we'd go play. And there's one kid in particular that um, would, would bully me. And uh, what would happen is I would bully other people. Um, and, you know, in bully culture and in a lot of relationships, you see this, this cycle happening, right? And so there was one day I'm, I was feeling particularly bad about myself because I'd just gotten bullied. And so I, I go to another cul-de-sac to play with another group of kids. And there's a kid about a year or two younger than me. And we were playing, um, I think we were playing football in the street or something like that. And one of the parents comes out and tells us, um, pack it up. It's it's time for everyone to go home. Um, we're, you know, disrupting traffic. We're beating up the front yard. We're annoying all the neighbors. And, and so it was time to go home. And I heard this kid say something under his breath. I didn't know what it was. It probably wasn't even anything bad. But that thing rose up in me that was like, oh, Bob, this is, this is, this is my chance. I, because again, it just hurt people, hurt other people. 
And so I told I told the parent that came out and I said, "Hey, Hunter, who who's that kid? Who's about a year or two younger than me?" I said, "Hunter, Hunter um, said this and this and this and this." And I totally made it up on the spot. You know, I was the fifth grader saying that Hunter cussed and he cussed you out. And you know, what's a parent got to do at that age? They walk down the street and tell the kid's parents. And um, I just was a whole ordeal. The kid's mom came up to me crying and saying, I know I know, Hunter wouldn't say it. Are you sure he said it? And I lied to her face and said, yes, I heard him say it. And um, for years, like literally, even, even on through college, that would the image of me doing that and, and lying would just pop up in my head. And I would spend a day or two just in a funk. And so this is, this is what uh, unforgiveness can look like in your life. It can just pop up at any given moment. And that's a really silly example of something. I mean, you, you would look at a fifth grader and say, gosh, you are so young. You have no idea what you're doing. But we can convince ourselves that um, what we did was entirely devastating, right? And that, that because of it, we're fatally flawed and that, that when, you know, we never grew from that position. And so I had to make an intentional effort to forgive myself. And so is, is there something like that for you that you just need to set yourself free that uh, has long gone? I, I doubt that kid has thought about it once since then. He probably doesn't even remember it. The parents probably don't even remember it. Maybe they do. I don't know. But let's keep talking about some descriptors of a growth-promoting environment. This next one that's coming to mind is receive. Do you allow yourself to receive? Maybe it's praise. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a promotion. Uh, you know, a good litmus test for how well you love yourself is what comes up in you in times of success or praise or promotion. What if the next time someone complimented you, instead of thinking, oh, yeah, I don't really deserve that, you just received it and said thank you? I'm raising my hand right now, but how many times have you found yourself, um, you know, when someone compliments you or they give you a gift, you actually feel shame that they went out and bought that gift or or you feel ashamed that they think about you a certain way and you don't think about yourself a certain way. And, and the talk track that's often in our head is, well, if you really knew me, you wouldn't give me this gift. Or if you really knew who I was or knew what I did or knew what I thought or knew what I said, then you really wouldn't think that highly of me. Okay, but what if we, what if we stopped that talk track in our head right in the spot and started to just receive? And when someone says something or thinks something or gives us a gift that we just actually just said thank you and received it and let them love on us. Okay, another qualifier is appreciation. You know, a lot of times this is the uh, antithesis of comparison. I've wasted so much energy in my life comparing myself to other people and what I thought they had that I actually missed what was happening in my own life. What if we started to just be grateful for who we are, for the skills that we have, for the relationships that we get to enjoy in our lives. Your life is your life. No one else has that. And I'm sure there are other people looking <laughs> into your life from an outside perspective and saying, man, I wish I had what they had. And it would be a shame for all of us to be looking at each other and wishing we were someone else or wishing we had what someone else had and never actually enjoy the one life that we get. So what does it look like for you to appreciate your own life? I think love grows in an environment where appreciation is present. I think it also grows um, in an environment where rest is present. Do you let yourself take time off? 
Working hard is an amazing thing. I love working hard. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a type A person at my core. And uh, in the past, it's, it's led me to overworking. And um, working hard is amazing. But so is allowing yourself the space to decompress and actually exhale. It's a key factor in an environment for love to grow. Another one is fun. Think about, just practically, think about um, sunlight. After, you know, when spring finally arrives after a really, really cold winter, at the first sign of it, everyone wants to be outside. Everyone's outside on a run, making a picnic, enjoying the sun. Um, at the lake, they're doing water sports. It's like that. It's like that first weekend where spring is finally here. You can just taste it. It fine, you know, in Georgia, like finally gets above seventy, and everyone's outside acting like it's ninety degrees. In the same way, seeds need to be in the sun and to enjoy it for it to grow. So, do you allow yourself to have fun and enjoy sunlight? And of course, I put quotes around um, enjoying sunlight because that's that's that could be literal, but it, it's also um, more of a metaphor for are you enjoying the sunlight in your life? Are you allowing fun in? It's something that love can grow in. In this last one that I have written down, um, I do think I saved the best for last, and that is community. You know, one of the best ways to love yourself better is to surround yourself with people who do a good job of loving you. It rubs off on you. There's the idea that iron sharpens iron, or um, I'm sure you've heard there's a lot of great leadership and lifestyle thinkers that um, promote um, the idea that you know you are the summation of the four people you spend the most time with in your life. That if you look, if you look around and, and rank one, two, three, and four, and take a look at the people in your life, that that's a better determinant for what you value, for who you are as a person, and for where you're going. So do you move towards isolation or do you get around people who love you well? I believe that love is grown, especially love for yourself, in the context of a good community that does a good job of loving yourself. And again, these are, these are just some of the things that come to mind when I think about a growth-promoting environment for love, forgiveness, the ability to receive, appreciation, rest, fun, and community. And I want to bring us back to what I said at the beginning that, you know, this is a podcast dedicated to health. And there is a health application with all of this as well, not just mental or emotional. Love is crucial for mental and emotional um, and absolutely spiritual health as well, but, but there's an application for physical health. Many of my clients have a hard time taking steps towards a healthier life because they either believe they can't do it or believe that they don't deserve it. What is that? In essence, it's that they have a hard time loving themselves. This was my story too for a long time, and I, I a long, long time. I, you know, as I mentioned, if you haven't listened to um, last week's episode, please go give that a listen because I talk about that there. I, I essentially lived the majority of my life not having any love for myself, not not thinking I had any value, and um, always, always thinking that everyone else had it better than me, and that I was critically flawed, and that disqualified me, and. Um, all that does is leave you feeling discouraged. But when we love 
ourselves. When we feel love towards ourselves, we're more motivated to make the right choices when it comes to movement or diet or hydration or balance or relationships or the way we think. Um, you can just, I, I can keep going, but I don't want to belabor the point. So it's in this way that love is super, super important. And if you're wanting to take steps towards a healthy lifestyle, starting with loving yourself is a great next step. So what's next? What do we do with all this? Right, great. We just defined love. We just talked about what some healthy, you know, some healthy environments for love. What do we do with it? I think the first thing is, is to think about your environment. Are you in a growth-inhibiting environment? Or are you in a growth-promoting environment? Maybe there's some friends that you need to say bye-bye to. Maybe you need to forgive yourself and finally set yourself free. Maybe you need to go on an extravagant vacation. Maybe you just need to sit your ass on a beach and drink a Corona light and stare out into the ocean. No phone, no work to do, no book to read. Just soak in the space. Maybe you need to change your jobs. Maybe, maybe that's producing an environment that's making it really, really hard for you to love yourself. Maybe you need to change roommates. Maybe you need to change the way you talk to yourself. The list goes on, but I think you get my point. We need to start putting ourselves in an environment that promotes the growth of love in our life. And so I think that's number one. Number two, so let's say you got the seed, you already have the seed down in you, and you finally put yourself into an environment where it can grow. You still got to water it. And you don't just water it once. You got to water it consistently and appropriately over time. Not too much, but not too little. You got to do it the right amount. It's up to you to start to nourish the seed or a sapling or tree, whatever it is for you. It's totally okay wherever you're at. But you've got to nourish it and then you have to give it time. So loving yourself through the action of love. Remember that, that love is not just a noun, it's also a verb. Um, years ago, um, oh, I'm a huge fan of TED Talks um, and podcasts. I just, I love spoken content. And one of my favorite podcasts, um, sorry, not podcasts, TED Talks that went pretty viral um, was given years ago by um, a woman named Amy Cuddy. And she talks about the power of body language and its ability to change the way that we think or the way that we feel about ourselves. And she goes into the, the neuroscience and actually the, the chemicals at the hormone level that happen when we assume certain body positions. And, um, you know, she addressed the sentence that we've heard, fake it till you make it. But she proposed that a more truthful sentence is fake it until you become it. And this has been super powerful in my life. So let's say you don't feel love for yourself, okay? That's totally okay for right now. So let's start to act out what you might do if you did love yourself. Again, fake it till you become it. Would you treat yourself to a movie? Would you make sure that you receive some rest? Would you reward yourself with fun? Come on, start thinking about what some of these things are even right now as I'm speaking. What would you do if you did love yourself? And start doing these things until you start to genuinely feel that love deep down for who you are and who you are becoming. This is what watering your seed looks like. So this is your homework for this week. 
And over time, these steps are going to become habits, which will become ingrained in your subconscious. And before too long, it will simply become your way. It will be part of who you are. And one day, you're going to look back at the love that's grown in you from a seed to a sapling to a tree to eventually an orchard that other people come and want to get around and sit in the shade and receive rest or eat of the fruit and just enjoy how well you love other people. But it starts with you. All right, fam, that's it. We tackled a big topic today, and I hope you're feeling light, refreshed, and clear about what your next steps are. I love you guys, and your transformation is my motivation. Stay tuned for the next podcast, and if you'd like more content in between, please visit my website at ithrivecast.com. Dot com. Again, that's I, the letter I, Thrive, Cast, C-A-S-T, dot com. And if you'd like to explore what coaching could look like in your life, you'll find a link to my calendar there as well. Until next time.